This radio program is PG-13. Parents strongly caution some material may be inappropriate for children under the age of 13. Send me Jesus' mission was to comfort those who mourn, bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to captives, and open prison doors for those who are bound. For those who want more than status quo Christianity has to offer, Blazing Grace Radio begins now. And here is your host, Mike Janung. Hey, Mike Janung here, and welcome back to Blazing Grace Radio. Glad to have you along in this beautiful day here in Arizona where the sun is shining bright, and I know that's not the case particularly elsewhere, but uh, I love it in the desert. So today we're going to be talking about pride, specifically in the context of the wife who is recovering from her husband's porn addiction or sexual sin or adultery. And we have a 10-week course for wives, and they have to work assignments every week. And assignment number 13 is called the P word. And I'm going to read from a section of that, the P word meaning pride. Pride, it takes down marriages, churches, and even countries. Satan's pride will eventually land him in the lake of fire for all eternity. Some will join Satan in his eternal destination. The Pharisees, swollen with pride over their positions and Bible knowledge, completely miss Jesus. Pride enters the heart quietly. It doesn't need a big, wide-open door. All it takes is one thought. My husband owes me. He needs to pay for what he did. He'd better do this my way and in my time, and if he doesn't, he's going to get it. If your husband chooses the path of humility, healing, and grace and starts changing, the spotlight switches from him to you. But he did this to me. This isn't my fault, the wife may say. Of course not. The question isn't one of responsibility, his, and it's all on his side, but how you're responding. When someone is wounded, pride always lurks near the door of the heart, patiently waiting for a way in. One easy way to do a pride check is to examine how you respond to your husband when he apologizes, serves you, or treats you better. Does it's not enough, or about it's about time enter your mind? Do you set the bar higher so it's impossible for him to win your heart? So today, I have with me Sandy England. She's the facilitator of our wives' ministry, and she leads these groups. Sandy, welcome back to the program. Thank you, Mike. I'm glad to be here. So we were what actually sparked this interview with Sandy is we were talking several weeks ago, and she said there's times when she looks forward to Pride Week meaning this assignment. And so, Sandy, why is that? Well, I think it's because once we start discussing um, the P word, pride, um, a lot of ladies, uh, they come in and they've been, they're, they're beat up. They have low self-esteem. There is a lot of um, shame and anger and fear. And they're like, I'm not prideful. You know, I'm not, um, 
boasting. I'm not, you know, proud or even excited to be where I am in my marriage or my walk. So they come into this assignment um, saying they don't have anything. You know, they're not prideful or boastful. But when we start talking about it, um, some of the things that they share are just, they're like, oh my, I do have pride. And they start really looking at themselves and growing, and it's just amazing. I just really, not that they have to recognize that they have some pride, but that they're growing and they're, they're seeing how they respond and their expectations sometimes are of self, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So you have some stories you can share what what that looks like? Yes. Some of them are so subtle, um, like you talk about in the course. Um, One lady, she shared, we were talking, and we were talking about how, you know, what pride looks like. And she kind of got really quiet, and I asked her, I said, do you want to share? And she says, it's kind of silly, but I'm definitely prideful. And she shared um, how she would get upset with how her husband stored food in the refrigerator. I know it sounds silly, um, but she would get very upset with him and angry with him because, and she would say things she shared. She would say things to him like, how many times do I have to show you? How many times have I asked you to do it this way? And he would apologize and say he would work on it, and she would just be furious. Um, But it was a beautiful moment because she realized she was fighting a fight that really wasn't important. And I asked, I said, did the food go bad? You know, why is it such an issue? She says, it wasn't an issue how he was storing the food. She said, when I look at it and think about it, the issue was, He wasn't hearing me. Mm. And that, to me, was a beautiful realization that she had pride, how she was asking, and what she was really saying in that whole interaction with her husband was, why are you not listening to me? And I just thought that was a beautiful lesson for her, and just watching her realize that was good. Mm. So... You know, there's other stories with um, women getting really frustrated um, that their husbands don't help around the house. Um, They, you know, don't pick up the laundry. You know, one lady says, well, I guess I'm kind of prideful because I'm always getting after him for not putting his laundry in the laundry basket. It's sitting right there, and he puts his clothes right next to it but he won't put it in it and again you know just them talking about what they're upset about what they're saying to their husbands and how they're saying it um there's a lot of pride in it um but i think what's so beautiful about this part of the course is we're actually asking what is it we're really upset about and In this case, with the laundry, how she was addressing it with her husband, she was mad at him because he wouldn't pick up his clothes and put him in the laundry basket. How she talked to him was very prideful, condescending. 
she was kind of um, trying to get her point across. But when we talk about it in the group, we talk about what is it you were feeling and what was it you were saying. And she came to the conclusion, and rightly so, I believe, is that she wasn't important. You know, again, not being heard. She was asking that meant something to her. She thought it was like an act of service that he would appreciate her and appreciate that, you know, she was always trying to keep the house clean and help take care of him and, you know, just take care of her duties. And him being, in her mind, disrespectful and just laying the clothes around, she felt it was that he was saying to her by that action she was not important. Her wishes and her feelings were not valid. And just those two examples were huge because then they realized what they were trying to say to their husbands. And they were hopefully, we talked about it, and um, they did. They said, I feel unimportant. Instead of getting mad at them for not picking up their laundry or getting mad at them because they didn't store the food in the refrigerator right, they were able to say, hey, I don't feel hurt. I'm not feeling important. Can we talk about that? It was huge. It was really great. So that's a couple examples. Do you ever see uh, situations where a wife is, a husband's trying to make amend and a wife is taking the position, I'm going to make you pay? And that was my third example, um, very much. Um, it's not so much, I don't believe any wife that comes to the group is, I'm going to make him pay um, position. But when we start talking about how they respond to things and what they're um, looking for and what they're feeling, it does come out. It's not so much that I'm going to make them pay. Um, per se, but it is more of a, I'll just use the example. I don't believe he's healing because I don't think he's walking with God. And I'm like, in group, we talk about that a lot. It's like, what does that look like? Well, he's not being kind. He's not being attentive. He's not reading the Bible with me. He's not doing, and there's a list of things. And how this, we discuss it in groups, is we are creating when we do that. My husband's not walking with the Lord. We have a perception, an expectation of what that looks like. And if they're not doing it, we can't really see what God is doing because it's not meeting our expectations, which, of course, to always comes up in the prize week of our conversations. And it's like we have to, as wives, as just brothers and sisters, quit with the expectations of what another person's walk looks like. Um, saying your husband isn't walking with the Lord because he, you know, is still figuring things out, still trying to be humble, still trying to understand, you know, and and fight for his, you know, freedom, his stuff, doesn't mean he's not. It just means we are not seeing it. 
And if we have expectations of what their healing looks like, we're going to actually miss what God's doing. And so we talk a lot about that. We have to get rid of our expectations. And when a wife starts thinking about that and starts going, you know, what their expectation looks like. Only (laughs) I've done this in group two. I said, so you want, they've said, I want my husband to walk with God. And I said, what does that look like? John the Baptist? And they kind of chuckle because we all know John the Baptist ate bugs and stuff. So (laughs) they're kind of like, well, no, I don't want John the Baptist. And I'm like, well, what is it you're looking for? And when they start talking about it, they start seeing their expectations. And when they remove those and we start talking about, well, what is God showing you? And they, they just start softening in their heart that they do see they're trying, they're trying to be, their husbands are changing. Um, They're seeing more kind words. They're seeing more, you know, effort. They're seeing more, how are you feeling? Are you okay today? Can I do something for you? You know, all the things that the husband is trying really hard to do. And I'm like, then you are seeing, I call them nuggets, that God's giving you nuggets. He's showing you that he is working on your husband. He is um, trying to change. He's trying to figure it out. It's a whole new walk for him. And it's just a beautiful time because then we start noticing what God's doing. We start seeing when our husband has chosen that path, the efforts they're making. And when we can remove the P word, whether it's fear, whether it's, uh, control, whether it's not being heard, whatever it is that we are, they're not doing it our way, we remove that, we could start really seeing that the efforts and changes have been made. And the wife's heart softens, and it's just one of my favorite times of the course. Mm. What are some of those pictures of what a wife is hoping or expecting for? Is it a biblical figure? Is it knight in shining armor? Or what what does that look like? Oh, oh, that's quite the question, Mike. It's all those things. You know, a lot of times it depends, you know, what the husband has said in the past. Um, You know, they want a knight in shining armor. And then we have to talk about, well, you know, realistically, is that You know, they're broken, too. Um, Some ladies want a very humble man, but then if they're too humble, then they're not strong enough. So we really just start talking about uh, the whole thing with the wife's heart is, what is it you're looking for, and what is of God, and what is of yourself? And the knight in shining armor, a lot of ladies, and I think it might be some society, um were to be protected and taken care of, and men should be just tough. But yet, we as wives want them to be tough and protect us, but also be humble and soft and share with us. And it's like, what's that look like, and how does that happen, and that's going to take time. So, you know, they have to look at their expectations. Again, some want a very uh, spiritual leader, and they... Their expectations is, well, they went through the course or they did this and they should be 
you know, they're following God, so they should be all of a sudden doing Bible studies with the family. We should be doing this. And I'm like, realistically, they're learning. And so they have to, again, I guess, set pride aside that they're learning and they're growing and God's working with them. And their expectations of somebody coming out of this addiction, any addiction, I'm guessing, to be immediately the spiritual leader is kind of unrealistic, maybe a little prideful, because they have to grow into that. It's not something that's been in their agenda before. So we have a lot of discussions, hence the reason it's 10 weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and I will interject that most men did not grow up with a father who modeled on how to be a spiritual leader or how to be, have, have strength of character. <clears throat> a lot of men are suffering from father when we're dad was just checked out, too busy or somewhere abusive. And so once they get married, it's like, all right, I get, you get to figure this out on your own now. And that usually doesn't work very well. And that does not take away the man's responsibility to choose pornography, but does it help the ladies to see that he's broken and he didn't have it all together? It does. I, and, you know, again, I would love this week um, when we get into it. It's just such a program um, to where we really reflect on what is our husband going through? You know, what you know, in eight weeks, six months, a year, they are transforming, learning things, things they've probably never seen before, you know, how to be a spiritual leader, how to be the man of the house, how to engage with their wife, let alone their children. It's like, it's a lot. And this week, when we go through the course, I think opens the wife's heart. And they can see what the husband's going through, the challenges, the changes, and um, they can start fighting for them, if that makes sense. They can start praying for them. They can start identifying and encouraging them instead of saying, you're doing it wrong. They can say, wow, he's really trying, and I want to walk with him and help him try. It just is a very changing time. So are you saying it helps them to make a shift from fighting against them to fighting with them? Yes, I am saying that, because if their hearts are able to receive, um, and many of them have father abuse or father wounds, we don't want to call it abuse, so they're like, and I'm like, what does that look like? Well, and they don't even have their own father figures to know. They're holding their husband's. Um, to a father figure, a husband figure of something they don't even know what it looks like. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So when we start really talking biblically, what is the man of the house? What is that? And what does it look like? And when they come from ground zero with none of that background into walking with the Lord, it's going to take them time. And I think the wife starts seeing that. And because they're going through their own walk, too, they're starting to see, oh, my goodness, this transition is going to take time. And instead of 
being upset because he's not doing it the way I think he should, I'm asking God to start showing me what he is doing so that I can take joy in that. Did that help? Yeah, and um, you kind of bring up a point about the father wound. Talk about how the wife's own father wounds affects their relationship with their husband. Mm-hmm. I would say how the father wounds affects them is they're expecting their husband to be everything their father wasn't. Mm. And, you know, the leader, the protector, the nurturer, all the things they wanted or needed from their father. And when they um, aren't experiencing it or they don't understand, they probably married, like I did, um, someone very similar to my father. And I was like, how could that be? How did that happen? I knew I would never want to marry someone like my father, but here I did. And the expectations I had of Dusty were just unrealistic because he was very much broken, you know, like we all are. But I married somebody that appeared to be strong, appeared to have his ducks lined up. All those things that someone who hides behind masks or addictions um, projects, and then when I realized that he wasn't those things, I was very disappointed. So I think when the wives are looking at their husbands, they have expectations of something completely opposite of what they were raised with. They want somebody loving and kind and nurturing and strong. And when they realize their husbands are broken and mean and doing horrible things that break their heart, they are just devastated. And I do think it stems from the father wounds. They're looking for something other than what they had as children. And is going through all the pain and trauma of recovering from a husband's porn addiction, it sounds like that splits open the father wound all over again. Would you say that's true? I'd say, it. yeah, it does open it up. It actually starts a woman realizing, oh, my, you know, that did bother me when my father didn't hear me. Oh, that did bother me when I would ask for something and it was rejected or ignored or told I was um, stupid or whatever. The behavior that the wives are a lot of times reacting to from their husbands are things that happen to them as kids. That's why they react probably so prideful. So listen to me, listen to me. I have something to say. I'm important. Can you hear me? Those are the things the wives are now saying to the husbands. So are the wounds the same? I'd say so. Mm. Sandy, we've got two minutes left. Pick any topic you want to grab. Any topic. Um, just ladies, you know, when in your walk, wherever it is, and husbands, too, try to remove the expectations of what somebody else's walk looks like and just ask God to show you what God's doing in their lives. Because if we can get rid of our expectations, then we don't get frustrated and angry 
and the enemy can't whisper to us, oh, they're not doing what they should be doing. If they were doing, if they were walking with God, it would look like this. We need to trust God and not our own understanding of what God's walk with them looks like. Well, and then, of course, too, the enemy knows how to come in and rub salt in that father wound and say, see, he's mm-hmm. being, being just like your dad was. Exactly. And he may not even, they may not even recognize that the, what they're expecting, you know, hear me, comes from a father wound, that they never felt heard as a child. And so they're just carrying that with them. It, 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 I don't know. It's just a great week. Um, and I should say sometimes, too, um, to really just look at these things that we are angry and upset about and try to control um, that it's really not what we perceive it is. It's actually something um, that we are carrying. Well, Sandy, thank you. My friends, thank you for joining us. If you want to get in touch with Sandy or participate in the Wife's Heart course, the contact information is at the end of this show. So thank you for joining us, and we'll talk to you next time. Do you want to be free? Blazing Grace is a nonprofit international ministry for the sexually broken and the spouse. Please visit us at blazinggrace.org for information on Mike Janung's books, groups, counseling, or to have Mike speak at your organization. You can email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call our office in Chandler, Arizona at 719-888-5144. Again, visit us at blazinggrace.org. Email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call the office at 719-888-5144.